posting really good content on LinkedIn by itself isn't enough. Jasmine, welcome to Unmatched. I feel like this has been a long time coming. You found the way to shatter the actual limits. So audience building can be hacked. Brand authority has to be earned. You make it look easy. We have not yet hit the pinnacle of influencer marketing. I can hear that in your voice that you're excited about what's coming. But what if you invested zero and you still could earn the same amount of money or potentially 10 times more or 100 times more? How? Ultimately, you have to build trust. Jasmine, welcome to Unmatched. Thank you, Alana. I'm really happy to be here. I feel like this has been a long time coming. I don't know about I know. the we've listeners, been... but yeah, with between you and me, we've had a bit of a back and forth and I'm glad we're finally here, honestly. I'm really excited to hear a different perspective on copywriting today. So we'll get into that in a second. But before we get into that, I'd love to hear from you who you are and what you do. Okay, well, hello world. My name is Yasmin. Everyone knows me as Jay. I'm a copywriter and a brand strategist. And as of the last 19 months, I am one of the top LinkedIn creators in the world, meaning I just publish content regularly and people love it. I help others um, grow their brands, grow their businesses. And for the most part, I love it. And for the least part, I actually find it really challenging every single day, but we can get into those steps afterwards in the show. I know. I know there's a lot of challenges, you know, kind of behind of everything that you do. It, it, You make it look easy, but I know that it is not easy. And before we get into that, I want to go a little bit deeper into maybe quickly your story, where you're from and how you got to do what you're doing today. And especially what I'm interested in is why you're doing what you're doing today. Awesome. By the way, I love the question. Thank you for that. Well, I'm from Bosnia originally. I'm a Bosnian born and bred right now. I'm currently in Bosnia, even though I'm on the road always. I do what I do because ever since I was younger, I was into languages first and foremost. Then I was a teacher and then I got into writing. So I've naturally combined all of those when I found out about this beautiful world of marketing and copywriting. And the reason why I do it is honestly because I've always just been so creative. And I had to let my creativity shine somewhere. The first step of that was actually through music. I used to be a rapper. I had a five-year-long career, six albums, Warner Brother deal, MTV, X Factor, all that, because I was all over the place. It was a really good career. But then I stopped doing that uh, for personal reasons. And when I got into the online world, I was thinking of what to do. You know, like what sort of job to pick in the marketing world. And when I came across copywriting, like social media management and branding and thinking of websites and taglines, I was like, wait a second. I already know how to do all these things because it occurred to me. I did it for myself for five years. And then I just naturally transcended into freelancing platforms like Upwork, really successful there. And then from Upwork, I moved to, you know, word of mouth, built my own agency, built my own team and I think in the last five years, it's just been a very steady growth journey to the point where I haven't sent a single outbound message to the point where I haven't looked for jobs or opportunities. And yeah, we're just teaching people now. We're helping others grow exponentially and everything is just coming back 
um, tenfold, I would say, honestly, it's, it's a beautiful journey. I th I'd say it's a moment of coming home for me because I started on this creative path, not knowing where it's going to take me. Then I thought I figured it all out. And now literally today, Oana, as I'm sitting here, I have no clue where it's going to take me again because everything is just growing so fast and I'm, and I couldn't be happier. That's amazing. And that's very, very uh, exciting to hear. I can hear that in your voice that you're excited about what's coming. And so before I hear all about that, I, I am um, a fan of going back to the beginning and understanding those first steps. Because a lot of the people that are starting anything are probably wondering, okay, but he's, you know, he's this, you know, very successful guy doing this right now. But how were the, you know, the, the first things that you did and how maybe challenging was it to even start doing it? Because I know from your content that you've started it, you kind of left it, you went back to it, and then that's when sort of things started to pick up. So I'm curious about what, what, was the change there? What made it work eventually? So when it comes to my LinkedIn and the success I've had there, I actually, I was on LinkedIn for years since like 2015 or 2016, but I only wanted to get active on the platform to actually start posting in 2020. But I started, I did it for like five days and then I quit for the entire year. I just, I had like zero likes on my post and I was like, that's, this is not it. I was discouraged. And then next year I gave myself the same new year's resolution, that sort of goal. I did it for five weeks. Same thing happened. Zero likes, like five or 10 likes, maybe like in total on all of those posts. I wasn't satisfied. I was discouraged. And then I stopped. But then what changed in 2022, which was last year, January 1st, I told myself, if you do the same thing all over again, you're going to be at the same exact spot after a few weeks or after a few months. So I gave myself an even bigger challenge. I'm one of those people who, if I have to do something again, I don't take the easier route. I actually take the harder route just because it's going to force me to try that much harder. And what I've done is I told myself, you're not going to just be posting content. You're also going to be heavily commenting and investing your time into supporting others. So instead of having this one dimensional connection with your audience, which is just you writing something and you posting something and praying for the best. No, you're also going to be doing much more on other people's profiles. You're going to be going out there actively searching for really good content, commenting on those people's content, actively engaging in conversations actively sending people DMs. And then the content part you're posting, that's going to be last, dead last on that list. And when I did that, everything started to change. I figured that, you know, what was that saying? Can't bring the mountain to Muhammad, right? I basically, instead of waiting for things to happen for me, I made it happen because I was out there for hours and hours and hours on end every single day. I kid you not, at the very beginning, I would spend five or six hours on LinkedIn. At that point, I had no return on my time investment. I literally just was looking to place myself in as many places and be the voice that people recognize over time. And I did it through comments on other people's profiles. And then things really started to happen. I figured out when certain creators would actually post. So I was like, let me be first. 
So as soon as they posted in that first minute, like literally those first 10 seconds, I would leave my really good value packed comments and other people would chime in. Other people would reply, but I did it for 20, 30, 50 times during a single day, every single day for months and months. What started to happen is outside of my posts, people started seeing me everywhere, but the way they saw me was number one comment, number one comment, number one comment everywhere. So naturally people got curious. Who is this guy? How does he have such good content? Who is he? Let's, let's just follow him. So this curiosity that I've very actively built throughout the platform gave me more followers. But then after the new followers came, I had to figure out my direction. What do I talk about? Cause I legitimately didn't know at the very beginning I was testing, I was throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks. But ultimately I landed on two, three really big topics. I landed on, first off, I landed on copywriting cause that was really close to my heart and I landed on personal branding. But the third topic that actually came into play, came into play like six or seven months into the journey. And that was LinkedIn growth or engagement strategies, algorithm hacks and things like that. Like I was just curious about the platform. Right. And as I was learning how these comments work, how the DMS work, how to get more followers or more views, I would just share my findings with the world. And people were like, wait a second, this actually works. Like what this guy is saying, it actually works. He's not just trying to sell us a course or something. Cause I didn't have a course. I still don't have a course. So naturally I got into this third content pillar, which is LinkedIn growth. And now in 2023, we are ranked number one in the world, all categories, everything. Number one for copywriting, number one for personal branding, number one for LinkedIn growth, which to me is bloody amazing. But it was honestly just a product of so much, so much time spent on the platform and so much consistency in actually putting yourself out there. I still see people doing the very first thing I did very actively, which is just posting really good content, but posting really good content on LinkedIn by itself isn't enough. You have to comment and be out there in the world, outside of your profile, outside of your own realm. You have to let people know that you exist in other realms. Otherwise, how are people going to find you? It's like you're the best scientist in the world, but you're just stuck in your own lab. You never leave. No one knows about your findings. No one knows about your ideas. You have to go out there. You have to roam the hallways. You have to go into a different lab, into a different classroom. It's the same thing on LinkedIn. If you're just keeping to yourself, you're never going to be known anywhere else. But if you literally just take a small step, I don't even want to say on the wild side, on the public side, people are really going to notice. And if your content is good, that's only going to keep them there. So that's my journey in a nutshell. I think I went super deep into the details, but that's my journey in a nutshell on LinkedIn. A lot of commenting and a lot of figuring it out when it comes to how to get maximum exposure outside of your own content. I love it. And I am, I am so impressed by how much effort and resilience you've put into it because I've followed you for quite some time. So I'm familiar with the whole story that you always talk about. So, um, Especially, I have to say, I'm, I'm very proud to hear that coming from someone from Eastern Europe, like myself, that is, is you know, like, is, is kind of like 
shattering the barriers that somehow we have in Eastern Europe many, many times. And we hear those things over and over again. And somehow those things sort of become things that we even believe ourselves. And, and you found the way to shatter those those limits, right? And and to just make it work for you. So I'm congrats. Uh, and I'm very proud of your journey and how you made it happen for yourself um, and how you're helping others. So thank you, Alano. Yeah, I'm, 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 I really mean it. And, you know, it's, it's incredible to see this kind of um, journey and how that can affect other people from different industries. And this is where I'm very selfishly interested to hear from you because, you know, as a, as a marketer coming from the corporate world, I think one of the biggest learnings for me since I've been uh, a bit more active on, on LinkedIn, not at all at, at your level, but uh, at least trying to kind of like understand how things work is I've had the realization that as a marketer, although I understood, um, you know, audience building and I thought I understood until I actually started to implement things myself and do it myself, I didn't realize how bloody hard it is to build an audience. So what I would love to hear from you, and I think a lot of the listeners of this podcast, you know, other marketers like me will uh, will benefit a lot to hear from you is how you look at, you know, building your audience and what is important for you and what do you do to nurture that audience? I love the question just because anything audience building, anything brand authority is just something I could talk for days. I would, if you don't mind, I would flip that question so that it focuses more on brand authority more so than audience building. And here's why. When you're just building an audience, you can hack that. There's there's this thing called growth hacking for a reason. There's ways you can write super viral posts. If you analyze the algorithm, if you analyze certain trends and what sort of topics people talk about, for example, AI, right? Like in late November, early December, that was like the big thing, chat GPT and all that. And there were a lot of people who just jumped on that train and you could post the, how do I put this so I don't insult anyone? I don't want to say the stupidest content out there, but I want to say the simplest, most basic, most generic piece of information out there. If you just use those magical words, chat GPT, AI, you would have a viral post, no doubt. People were getting 50,000 followers per month, which was crazy. But the thing that was missing was brand authority. What happened was you were a marketer, right? You were talking about, let's say you were talking about Google ads, meta ads, how to use PPC to grow your business. But then all of a sudden you saw this trend of AI and you started talking about that. So the people who came and all those 50,000 people that you garnered in one month, they started following you, not for Google ads, not for Meta, not for PPC. They started following you for AI. But then when that bubble had burst, people started getting back into their groove. They started getting back to their brand, right? And they started talking about, again, Meta, Google, PPC, all that, and it didn't resonate. They had thousands and thousands of likes and comments, so engagement in total on their AI posts. But then when they actually started talking about the things that they're actually doing, nothing, nada, zilch. Why? 
because the brand authority in their respective niche was missing. And I can't stress this enough. Creators on LinkedIn or any social platform, they try to hack the system so often that they forget there's a bigger game at play right here. We're not just talking about numbers and how to get the most followers, how to have the most viral posts. Ultimately, you have to build trust. You have to build a brand that people recognize you for. And if you build it on something that has nothing to do with your business, it isn't going to work. So audience building can be hacked. Brand authority has to be earned. And it only can be earned through time and through really good content that comes from experience. Like there's this, I feel like I'm always going to lead this conversation with a mistake that I see people doing and then I'm going to explain what needs to be done. I see a lot of LinkedIn creators post about stuff that's purely informative. Like here's seven ways you can use uh, um, whatever tool, insert name, tool, to improve your revenue. Here are seven sleeping habits you can start implementing today to become more productive, things like that. But the problem is I can just Google that. That content isn't unique. That sort of content doesn't increase your brand authority. It doesn't build it in any sort of way. But there is a change you can easily do. You can, there's a change you can easily make in your content. If you want to do informational content, you have to put yourself inside that information. Now, here's what I mean. Oftentimes, you'll see a lot of these carousel posts. There are like 20 slides and they'll give you all the information in the world. But the thing is, if you erased the name of the creator, the name of the poster, the author, and their profile image, that could have been posted by anybody in the world. Meaning their brand authority sucks, pardon my language. Meaning they're not the authors, the real authors of that content because anybody else could have posted that. But the small shift, the small change you can do is to insert yourself in the information. An example of that is I've used these sleeping habits for the last 17 years running three businesses. Okay, now I'm listening because now I know that these habits you're about to share with me I can't Google them. I can't find them anywhere else. They're based on experience. I did this. I know this. I have tried and tested this particular piece of information that I'm about to share with you. So this isn't just something I Googled. This is something I've done. And that is a big, big shift in how you build brand authority. Marketing is 90% psych psychology. Copywriting, 90% psychology. Everything we do for grabbing people's attention, keeping people's attention, and then retaining and nurturing their attention is psychology. The 10% is just methods of doing it, meaning writing or design or video delivery. So to me, Anna, audience building really has to do with brand authority. If people trust you and if you prove to them time and time again that they can trust you, that what you're sharing is so valuable and rooted in your experience, people are going to keep coming back. And no matter how small that piece of information you share is or how big, people are going to be applauding it just because you've earned the trust. And hopping on the latest trends, 
wherever the wind takes you or just sharing stuff you find online or whatever ChatGPT spews at you, that doesn't do it. That is not how brand authority is built on any social media platform. I can give you hundreds of examples of creators I know who have hundreds of thousands of followers. They're hacking the system by creating content that seemingly garners a lot of likes, garners a lot of engagement. But then the second they try to sell something to someone, it doesn't work. They literally get seven or eight sales and they have 100, 200, 300,000 followers. You can't sell to 10 people with 300,000 followers. Something's off. I'm not saying I'm the smartest guy ever, but this is pure psychology. Brand authority isn't built in a day. Brand authority isn't built off trends and brand authority isn't built off one viral post. You have to earn that and you actually have to put in the work in building these connections with people who actually follow you. I'm going to stop right here because I feel like I could rant about brand authority for years. <laughs> so let's take a quick break on brand authority. I love it. I mean, I, I, there's a lot of good tips out there, but I, I feel like I want to take it out a little bit. It's super interesting, all that you've said. And I think I'd love to take it out a little bit out of the LinkedIn world because this is uh -huh. what I find fascinating about what you do is you've gone to be so good at you know, understanding all those little details that you understand what goes beyond the actual tactic. You understand the psychology of it. And this is what is interesting for me as a, you know, as a marketer from a different perspective, you know, and doing something maybe different than what you do is what does it take to build that brand authority in the first place? Apart from, of course, building trust, but you mentioned trends and trends come and go. Completely agree. You also need to understand who you are and why you're saying what you're saying. But the biggest learning for me in the last two years that I've been a little bit more active and, you know, here and there posting uh, once in a while is it's not so much because I'll be honest, I, I started like talking about the things that I was interested in, you know, that I found interesting, that I wanted to share. And then at one point I realized, wait, it's not about me. It's not about what I want. It's about what the audience wants to hear from me. And that's what I figured was the most difficult task to understand is, okay, I know who I am and what I can offer, but how do I know what the audience expects from me? So I'm very interested of, of, of how that journey for you was in, in figuring out, out of all the things that you could have talked about, how do you give the audience what they actually want or expect from you uh, and give them the biggest value? Funny you should ask, Oana, because I became the villain that I always hated. I kid you not. Like, just to step back into the LinkedIn world, for example, I never, ever liked any LinkedIn guru, any LinkedIn coach, any LinkedIn strategist. <laughs> Don't say that. No, no, no. I'm dead serious. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I've said this on other occasions, right? I said that I say this out of love. What happened was any tip they threw at me, it didn't work just because it was so specific to my particular situation. I knew I had to figure it out for myself because you have three people. And for example, just regarding commenting on LinkedIn, they'll give you three different strategies comment 50 times per day or no just find 20 creators and just comment on their posts and the others will tell you not commenting is not important better talk about the trending topics or when it comes to posting 
Some of them will tell you, post whenever you want, as much as you want. Some of them will tell you, no, post every day at a very specific time, to the minute, to the second. And then others will tell you, no, it doesn't matter. Just post for quantity. Post three, four, five times per day. That's how you get the most reach. And I was like, to hell with all this. This is just overwhelming. And then when I started actually sharing <laughs> what I found worked, people became so, so, so en 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 enamored or in love with what I've actually shared that I was kind of forced into this whole LinkedIn growth expert or coach or whatever you want to call it bubble. I never wanted to become a LinkedIn growth coach, LinkedIn growth expert. Oana. I swear I've been saying this is day one. <laughs> I never wanted to do this. The funniest thing is this is now the biggest part of my business today in 2023. I have a LinkedIn coaching program for creators. I work with some of the biggest creators on the platform. I coach them how to write better, how to build their offer and how to monetize. I never wanted to do this. I really legitimately never wanted to do this, but the part that I know people want to know is always, how do you figure it out? And my big, big, um, question that I always ask other people is what is something if you and I were to go out on dinner right now, what is something you could talk to me about for two hours for the next two hours, we pick one topic. What is that topic you and I could dissect for the next two hours? And then people would talk about food. They would talk about basketball. They would talk about their families, their kids, sons and daughters. I'm like, no, I'm talking about business topics, stuff that you could actually sell and charge for tomorrow. After our dinner is over, what is something you could charge me for immediately? What is that thing? Huh? And then people have their light bulb moment. They say, oh, well. I'm very well versed in Facebook ads and Google ads and Twitter ads. And then I ask them, okay, yes, but which of those are you the best at? Cause you can't be equally as good at Facebook ads and then Twitter ads and then LinkedIn ads. You have to pick a place where you're the strongest at. And then you typically get the answer. Oh, well, that's easy. I'm, I'm, I'm the strongest in sales navigator. I'm the strongest in LinkedIn ads. And then I'm like, that's what you talk about. Can you talk about it a lot? Well, sure. Do you know a lot about that topic? Well, sure. Do you know the ins and outs of the sales platform, uh, sales navigator platform? Do you know the ins and outs of LinkedIn ads? Yes, I do. That's the niche you start with because you're the ultimate expert in that arena. Cause if I show competence and if I show a unique angle of explaining my knowledge to other people, they're going to love it. There's just no chance they don't love it. This has been my experience. I don't have to be right, but this has always been my experience with every single person I've worked with. If you know your stuff 100%, you don't care whether you attract a hundred people or a thousand people. You want to attract the best audience possible. And by best audience possible, I mean people who actually trust you enough to buy from you. That is the difference to me between a really good personal brand and just a popular personal brand because popular doesn't have to be good and strong. And here's what I mean by that. I know creators on LinkedIn or Twitter who have probably a 10th of my following, but they earn more money than me. They sell more than me. If we did a challenge with my hundred and something thousand followers and their 10,000, 
they would sell more product than me. 100%. Want to know why? Because their audience is fully ready to buy from them. Their audience is so niche. And my audience is like super broad. And there's people who might be interested in the writing, might just be interested in getting good information, but not everyone's ready to buy. And truth, truth be told, this is not something you can fully impact and fully control as time goes by because people are going to follow you even if they just like something you, you, you write and they might not be ready to buy. But for the most part, if you are well-versed in one area, people are going to be following you for that one area of your expertise. But if you talk about five things, you're just going to attract a random number of people, random interests, and it gets almost impossible to sell. One of the biggest challenges that uh, we have in marketing, whether it's brands or people trying to position themselves, it doesn't really matter, is this idea that you want to be everything for everyone, right? And it's absolutely normal. And I think it's understandable. It's you don't want to lose opportunities and you want to make sure that you attract as many, um, you know, consumers, customers, you know, audience as broad as you can. However, especially at the beginning and and as you are establishing yourself, it's a little bit counterproductive because you're then attracting everyone and then not everyone is your ideal consumer, right? So how do you look at that process of distilling what the ideal consumer is? You know, of course, I'm thinking more like in broad terms, you, you might think of it more in, in, you know, LinkedIn terms, but still, I think it's so applicable. Uh, because it's really the way how you look at your target audience and how you give them what you think they want, but in a way that is very targeted and is not extremely broad. If you ask me, there's a simple way you can figure out if your audience fully likes your content or if 100% of your audience is actually interested in what you're sharing. Simply ask them. doesn't matter what the platform is doesn't matter if it's LinkedIn, if it's Twitter, if it's Instagram. You have stories, you have comments, you have polls, you have videos and whatever tool you want to use. I feel like we're so focused on sharing and just giving so much out there, putting it out there in the ether, that we fail to take a step back and actually ask the audience, is this something you're interested in? Is this sort of content the content you're actually looking for me to make? Or it, let's say if you're making three different formats of content, you're doing images, you're doing videos, you're doing text only. And I know we don't do this enough as content creators on any platform. Just ask your audience, do more polls, do ask more questions. Or even if you don't want to waste engagement because you feel like, well, a question or a poll isn't going to give me many likes. Post your normal post, but at the end of it, in the PS, this could be a video, this could be a reel, this could be a story, this could be a text-only post, uh, a carousel, a thread, doesn't matter. At the very end of your post, those last five seconds, add a PS and ask people. This is so simple to do, and you can do this probably once a week, or even if you feel like that's too much, you can do it once a month. But always take a step back and check in with your audience. What this is going to create is a new level of trust, but also, you're going to let your audience kind of control what they want to hear. But ultimately, you're in full control, obviously, because you decide what gets posted. But they're going to feel so much more connected to you and the content because they feel like 
they've chosen it. It's kind of like recommendations on Netflix or Spotify. Whenever you're listening to something, Netflix or Spotify, these apps will ask you, do you like this? Why? Because they want to know if you like content like this, they will keep putting out recommendations that are similar to that. You can achieve the same effect with people. Simply ask. I know it's it's so simple, yet it's so difficult for so many people to do it. And what I love about what your sort of strategy and the way that you engage with your audience is that it seems always a conversation. It's not, it's never, I'm posting this and maybe, yeah, I'm commenting on people commenting on my post, but you know, the comments are, oh, thank you for saying that. Or no, it's an actual conversation. You can go into the comments and you can see that you are responding and you're asking and they're asking and you're responding and it, it is a conversation online and that's really amazing. So I think that extrapolating that, you know, outside of LinkedIn, that's really sort of the thing that you want to, 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 to try to achieve when you're building any sort of audience, whether it's a, like as a brand, whether it's a, you know, a personal uh, brand that you're building, it's really trying to achieve the, the dialogue. What do you think? I have spent so many hours, just as you said, having conversations with people. It's no longer just a comment for comment's sake, for boosting up the numbers where people see, oh, he got a thousand comments on his post. No, I am actually talking to real people. And when they tell me, I resonate the most with point number seven in a list of 10, whatever. Point number seven was something. I will ask them. Why is that? I will continue the conversation. I won't just say, great, thank you. I will ask, I'm so glad this resonated with you. Why do you think that is? And then I'll continue the conversation because it makes the audience feel, it makes the reader feel like I'm getting to know them. They know me on a personal level. And the more of these conversations you have, the more people are ready to endorse you, to support you, no matter what you're doing and to buy from you and to recommend you to others. It's really about the conversations. And you can do this on other people's posts, tweets, stories, reels, or you can do this on your own. Because if people take the time to leave a comment on your post, best believe you should take some time and respond. Sometimes it's humanly impossible if you get like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of comments. Everyone understands that I can't possibly talk to everyone. What I've done is I've built a culture of commenting where people are so ready to share their opinions and to actually go and have conversations with others. To the point, I don't even have to be there when my post goes live. People are going to be talking amongst each other just because I've built this culture, this level of community where people are there for the information that I share and that sort of information is what connects them. But they're going to be the ones conversing. They're going to be the ones having those chats in the comments. And I don't have to be there, but the community will be there. And that's the beauty of my content and my brand, I feel. It's not just what I share. It's what people feel when they're in those comment sections. They feel welcomed, they feel understood, and they know no matter what they say, their ideas and their voices will be supported. And that is something I am most proud of. And I wouldn't change it for a thing. Even though it's humanly impossible for me to be there every step of the way, I feel like it's the most unique part of my brand. Just because people feel 
so confident that they can be themselves. And I know for a fact that is not something everyone feels on every other person's profile on LinkedIn. I'm really proud of that, actually. No, absolutely not. And I can vouch for that, that every time that I hear or I read any of your posts and, and comments, I, I do get exactly that that feeling that you're talking about. So that's that's really well done. And it's amazing how well you um, have learned to understand your own brand voice. And you're like very clear on what that stands for, because that's the most important thing. Now, I want to take a step back to um, going back to copywriting, which is your, you know, the first love and what you say that you love most and what you're best at. And, um, you know, like as a marketer, one of the things that I'm very challenged with all the time is the level of content that we have out there right now, you know, um, you look at, you know, it's not just LinkedIn, it's Instagram, it's TikTok, it's Twitter, it's threads, it's everything and everywhere. And, you know, as a, as a marketer in, in, a, in a brand, you have to be everywhere, you need to see everything and you need to know everything. Now, the question that I have for you um, is, how do you make sure that your copy stands out? in this amount of, you know, huge amount of content that we have everywhere and so much noise everywhere because everyone is saying something, everyone is putting content out there. And it's really, really challenging to, to capture attention of anyone on one single thing. It's very, very challenging. So how do you make sure that your copy or what you're saying um, can actually stand out? So... In today's world where we have so much content out there, and I'm talking every social media platform, there's just so much content, right? The copywriting, the skill of copywriting is to me the most important thing you can hone in your career. Doesn't matter if you're the business owner, if you're the marketer, if you're the social media manager, if you're the video producer, you should understand the actual psychology behind words. Copywriting should be in your skills acumen. We're no longer just talking about us battling our competitors for attention. So Apple isn't going head to head with Samsung in their content. They're not. They're actually going ahead, head to head with everyone. Imagine being in Times Square, Oana. There's hundreds of ads around you. Apple doesn't care about Samsung. Samsung doesn't care. They care about everybody else who's trying to get people's attention and keep their attention. So. When it comes to the copywriting part, especially in the digital format of content today, whether it's videos, reels, text only, um, the thing that matters is the first five seconds, the hook. The hook is everything, but it is not everything. And let me explain. The hook is the most important part because it grabs people's attention. But I feel like this is what 99% of marketers focus on. They focus on grabbing people's attention. But what about the other part? What about keeping people's attention and justifying their attention all the way till the end? I know for a fact, this is something that not everyone focuses on. Everyone is just so focused on as you're swiping, oh, how do I stop you in your activity? How do I stop you so that you look at my content? This is step number one, grabbing attention. The second step that needs to happen, how do you keep people's attention? We challenge the hook. We say something, totally opposite of what we just said to the point where the audience feels like, what do you mean? But they don't mean, what do you mean in a confused way? They mean, what do you mean as in, I'm really intrigued by this. 
then you have to explain it. But because people now care, first you've invested them into the story, then you're giving them something to care for. Now you just keep their attention all the way till the end. All you have to do is explain the rehook. Now, because of this, you're just giving them tremendous value. And with this, with, you know, understanding the psychology of copywriting, you've now grabbed people's attention, you've, you've kept their attention, and you've justified their attention. All it takes is understanding how to hook people, numbers, using the word you, or quotes, rehook, challenging the hook, explaining all of it, and then justifying it at the end with a power statement. This works in almost any format, uh, short, mid, or long video static or dynamic it really works on any platform just because this is how we think and again copywriting is 90 percent psychology once you understand this your writing will get better and the actual results of your content will get better no doubt i love that and and you know it's what is what fascinates me is i i think a lot about the future of marketing and the future of the world in general i'm a little bit um let's say not preoccupied, but interested in what's coming and what are those skills that you need for the next 10 years, right? Uh, marketing changes so fast. And every day there's something new. There's really not a lot of ways that you can keep up with everything. As a one person, you might be great at Instagram, but you're not going to be exactly the same level of great on LinkedIn or TikTok. You're going to have to pick your lanes and just be good at one thing. But... I do believe and I agree with you that copywriting is one of those skills that you absolutely as a marketer need to hone in and make your own, uh, probably close to public speaking so that you are ready for what's coming because a lot of what's coming and here's what I'm interested to hear from you when you look a little bit, you know, into the next two to three years, let's not even go five years or 10 years because it's like, it's so crazy how things happen um, and change so fast in marketing is you have to have somehow a mix of skills that allow you to be versatile and to adapt to different things that are coming our way. Now, how do you look at the, let's say, the immediate future of marketing, if you say two to three years from now, and the future of communication and engagement and audience building and platforms, and how does that evolve and how do you stay relevant as a marketer in that space of constant change, you know? When it comes to the next two or three years, or even less than that, marketing, to me, I feel like is going to stay the same as a whole, but how we perceive content will change. It's just going to get faster and faster, and we're going to get less trustworthy as creators, but also as people. And here's what I mean by that. AI has taken over. There's so much information out there to the point where you can't even make out real information from the fake information. So personal branding, I feel like this has been the talk of town for the last five years, but personal branding is going to be the key moving forward for every single business. We have not yet hit the pinnacle of influencer marketing, not even close. We have not yet hit the pinnacle of our disdain and hate for ads. It's just going to get worse and worse. People don't trust ads as much anymore. What people do trust is other people who have proven their value. You, you've just seen the news that Cisco is putting into place a program, an influencer training program for all of their staff. I'm talking tens of thousands of employees 
They want to train everybody how to use social media to build their personal brands because they understand if you invest a million dollars into sales and marketing, that can only result in X amount of dollars because you invested a million. But what if you invested zero and you still could earn the same amount of money or potentially 10 times more or 100 times more? How? Through the power of your own employees using their personal brands and sharing content. Every employee all of a sudden becomes a salesperson. They become a spokesperson for the brand. You don't have to do selling. People are going to be associating your brand to the people that actually work for you. The cost per click, the cost per conversion is so high. Why are you paying for this? Why are you not doing it for free? You could be doing it for free. All you have to do is involve your employees into the process. It takes days to see the results. Instead of paying millions, especially if you're a super large corporation, instead of paying millions in ad budgets, you could be cutting that down all the way, potentially all the way to zero. All you have to do is turn your employees into personal brands so that they become the sales team. The most dystopian, utopian, what's the correct phrase? The most ideal sales theme anyone could ever ask for. The platform is free to use. Content is free to publish. Engaging with others, getting your reach to the highest level possible, it's free. So if you simply involve your employees and build personal brands, your marketing is going to take off to such a new level, to brand new heights. And in the broad scheme, in the grand scheme of marketing, personal brands are the future. I think we still haven't even reached, we haven't reached the pinnacle of personal branding of influencer marketing. People are starting to trust ads less and less. We're starting to see so much AI-generated content. We need more authenticity. We need more real people. This is the future of selling online. This is the future of marketing. We've been talking about this, but never at this level. The risks and the downside has never been greater, but also the upside has never been greater and less cheaper. So that's my message to everybody when it comes to the future of marketing. The other question that sort of comes from this piece is authenticity. And I know this is such a buzzword, and I know that everyone is talking about being authentic, and this is such a must. But to me, at one point, the question um, that is being raised is, what, what does even authentic mean? Authenticity to me, Alana, is one of my favorite questions. Like, how do you stay authentic on social media? I keep telling people, it is the easiest thing in the world. We have just made it so complicated by trying to be somebody we're not. We try to be perfect. We try to sound so professional. We try to sound literally like somebody we don't sound like in our everyday lives. We are to blame. We always want to show up as our perfect self on social media. My way of authenticity, and I believe it is the key to me growing my brand on social media across platforms, is I have embraced my imperfections. I tell people exactly what I'm good at, what I'm not good at. If I were to meet you in the street, Alana, I would have the same level of candor, tonality, uh, the words that I use. It would be exactly the same. 
And then when I ask people, why don't you do this in your comments, in your posts? The answer is always, I feel like I'm stripped away completely. Like people see the full me. That's the whole point. Like if you want to be authentic, that's the whole point. People should see the real you. So it's basically a question of fear and people being fearful of how others will perceive them. And I know this for a fact, cause I talk to a lot of people and I get this question a lot. How do you stay authentic? I just tell people, just be yourself. Why do you speak? Like I, I will go through their comments. So and I kid you not, I will strip apart their activity. I will tell them, why did you say this in this sort of way? You've never used this phrase ever. And then they're like, well, it made me sound more professional. I'm like, don't do it. Just say it how you do it. Authenticity, honestly, is the easiest thing to do. We have just made it so complicated in our pursuit of perfection. Perfection doesn't exist. Guys, if you're listening to this, embrace your imperfections. Be yourself. Use the words that you actually use. And even if it's just photos, even if it's the stuff you actually like talking about, just do it. And people will tell you whether it's the right thing for your brand or not. It's honestly, it's the easiest thing in the world. I, I can't explain it better than that. It's the easiest thing in the world. Just stop chasing perfection. Nobody's perfect. Nobody. No matter what social media tries to, you know, teach us and show us, nobody's perfect. We're all human beings. And on the other side of that screen, on the other side of that post, on the other side of that reel, who's there? Another human being. You just need to show them that what's on the other side of yours is that good and it's real so yeah embrace your imperfections guys authenticity that's it jasmine thank you for this amazing conversation i had so much fun thank you Anna, very much for the invite and for allowing me to use this platform to just speak my thoughts into the world till next time okay